0: Hi everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Michael Hoffman and you are joining the Oats Curious live stream. Today I have two, at least two of my wonderful ocean Curious colleagues, uh, we'll have some other ones joining us, they've got some other commitments, but they'll be joining us
1: later on. Uh, Stephen, why don't you say hi to everybody. Hi everyone, it's Stephen Harris, also known as Intel I'm really looking forward to our show this evening. Uh, yeah, the live stuff has been great this so far this week, and I'm looking forward to another one. It's been awesome. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun. Let's let TechnoZet introduce herself, yes, and then we can yes. talk
0: about how awesome it's been.
2: <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Lizette, also known as TechnoZet, and also looking forward to having a lot of fun live today.
0: Yeah. So, um,
2: TechnoZet, were you were you on with us this week? I think one day maybe, or did you I never... was Monday, and the rest okay. of the week was hectic but that cool. was Monday and I,
0: yeah. I, I really this.
2: enjoyed it. I love doing the guesser and okay. doing the live questions from all of the people who were watching. I thought it was a, a very good format and I, I think we should do it again sometime this year.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean sometime this year? Uh, Stephen <laughs> and I were talking before the broadcast we thought that it might be fun to start with guesser for this live stream. Oh uh, yes just- please yes all right and also um no,
2: just repeat the whole thing that we were live for the whole week yeah and maybe do that again somewhere this year do a oh, full live life well, i thought it was a lot of fun because people who are normally um have their hands full or are busy on sunday evenings they might have time to hang out with us during the week and that you will know give them the opportunity
0: Techno Zed, I can't say no to you. So here's what I'm going to do. How about March 15th through the 19th, ne- uh, just next month, actually March is tomorrow, but March 15th through the 19th at, let's say, 1300 hours UTC instead of 1800 hours. How about we do this again
2: and live stream all week? Would that be good? Yes, because that would be an awesome time for me to make it. Hey, because- yeah. Otherwise, I'll be stuck with my family life and <laughs> work.
0: With my family life.
2: This oh, will when, be perfect.
0: When your kids are old enough to listen to these live streams. Mom, look what I found on the <laughs> old internet. It's you talking <laughs> about how you hated us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is <kind> of... Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, for all of you that are just joining us, we are awesome curious at least three of the members. And uh, we love open source intelligence. And um, on the screen right now at the bottom is our website, osynccurio.us or osynccurious.com, whichever's easiest for you. Also, you can find us on all the major platforms. We are osynccurious on them. And if you want to continue the conversation with us outside of the live stream, go ahead and um, hit us up in the Searchlight Discord. That's where we are. You see the Bitly link right there. And then, lastly, if you want to sponsor us for as little as one dollar a month, um, please consider becoming a Patreon, a Patreon patron of ours. And please subscribe too. Also, say hello to us. This is uh, I mean, you have the chats for. So if you're on Periscope or, tw- or tw- Twitter, uh, if you're on Twitch or you're on uh, YouTube. Give us a shout in the comments. This is interactive between you and us. So, um, Abdul Monim, welcome. Thank you for saying hi to us. All right. And other people too. I don't know if other people are, our other loyal listeners are here, but we'd love to hear from you as well. Okay. So, um, all week we've been doing this live stream. I, I had a lot of fun and and learned a lot of things, too. Uh, It was great. We had a lot of different guests on here or a lot of different OSINC Curious members. Um, And each day that we did this, we started out doing the GeoGuessr game. So I think we're going to do that again. Let's get to it. Now, for those of you that don't know, hey, Robin, hello. Uh, Yeah, Craig, we have been busy. (laughs) We have. um, So here's the deal. And and for this, uh, if you've been... Uh, following us uh, at least some of the time this week, or if you catch and caught the videos of us, of what we did, uh, you'll know that the GeoGuessr game is a free game that you can use to help refine your geolocation, image analysis, kind of almost video analysis skills um, by examining what's shown in the images and then figuring out where in the world, country, and city the images are taken. Now, GeoGuessr uses the Google Maps platform and Google Street View to uh, to put you in a certain place in the world. So what we're going to do is the same thing we've been doing all week, and we're going to do the daily challenge, which is five rounds of three minutes each. So we have three minutes to figure out where in the world we are, and we need your help because I'm getting better, but I'm nowhere near as good as I should be. And luckily, I've got my experts here, Stephen and Technizat. Steven, Technizette, y'all ready? Yeah, ready, ready. Bring All it. Right. Okay, so let's figure out ha- where in the world we are. Hang on, wait one second. Oh wait, hang on. We have a couple other Ocean Curious members that are going to be joining us in just a second. I don't want to throw them in here. You know what? Let's just go. I feel r- sassy. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and do this. <laughs> okay, so um. Let's get started. We'll do one round, and then they can join. Here we go. Just shout out where you think this is and why.
2: Ooh.
0: This. Uh, uh, let's uh, see.
2: A yellow it looks stride. like Africa. Yeah. Africa, yeah. but
0: but I mean, it's Move like really good paid. There's
2: a sign there.
0: Uh huh. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Ah. Uh, there we go. Ooh. Let's see what the sign says. Oh. Uh, I think. It, that looks more exactly. Spanish. Oh,
1: oh, wait. It says so. Helena, so,
0: Montana, right there. It says right oh, there on yeah. the bottom. Helena, Montana. Well, this one's going to be an easy one. Let's find Montana in the yeah. United States. And oh, the capital of Montana is Helena. Okay. Now, the question is, do we want to get any more precise?
1: It bothers Here. me that those signs aren't in English. What's that? It bothers me that the signs aren't in English for where that's in the States. But then it's got an address on there, so yeah,
0: yeah, you know what? Hey, 7? 7? yeah, okay, so so maybe it isn't Helena, Montana, but I mean, that's
1: and does that look like Montana? I don't, I don't it know. does,
0: it it oh, okay. does, it looks like the United States here with the road and and such. We have a minute 49, so we have something, uh, so Bomb, driving on the right Jesus,
1: transports, yeah, that's that's not in, Eng- I mean, that's Viu Colongo, that's um, <laughs> no, like Portuguese or. Yeah, but it could still
2: be that the that the car just drove through or something.
1: No, this is not the United
2: States.
0: Okay. Where is this? Zevin, help us out. All right, <laughs> I mean, Zevin's been awesome this whole week. Um, but uh, let's see. So it's not Helena, Montana. Okay, is there another Helena that would be Portuguese? Where's her niche? Oh, damn it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing nothing here. Okay,
1: thoughts.
2: So I don't I don't know, it's probably Brazil. It's probably Brazil so because
1: Portuguese.
2: You got. I got yeah, the Ferenza uh, Santo Mozambique. Antonio from the sign, and okay. it's actually from a coffee pl- plant. Coffee
0: plant. Oh, we're not supposed to be Googling. Sorry,
2: oh, I'm sorry. Didn't okay, tell you. I'll so where it. is it? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I know. Somewhere but I where don't they know.
2: grow coffee.
0: Oh, trans. Just yeah thinking. I don't know I, I think we're going to Brazil anywhere Brazil white number wow. plates okay so I'm just going to put this in the middle and we'll guess there and then we'll add our other uh, oh there we go not bad. too bad,
1: not bad. Not too bad. thank you Robin
0: alright I'm going to go ahead and add our resident Portuguese expert here Hey, Inesh. hi
2: everyone
0: we just hey, had a license plate or we had it, some signs that were in Portuguese and we're like oh is this Portugal or Brazil we figured it out it was Brazil
3: Okay, well, but now so that you're I'm here, sure. you <laughs> yeah. no, it's you didn't need me, you didn't need me. You guys are amazing,
0: you know what? We did need you, we we just channeled our inner kind of national. We're like, where would she have picked? We did see a lot of Jesus in that last one, right? Mm. Um, okay, so, uh, hey, Greg, welcome, welcome, <clears throat> yeah, and for those of you that are just joining, say hi to us in the chat, and we love uh talking with y'all. All right, Inesh. Um, sorry, Tekken said I didn't confirm the rules. We're not supposed to be Googling or I'm researching. Sorry, this, I'm it's sorry. Okay. It's all up here. <laughs> and we did pretty well.
2: I will, I will leave bad, my screen now.
0: It is. All right, here we go. Round two. Shout out where you think it is. All right. So we have uh, ooh. Middle East it's somewhere. Middle what? East. Or North so Africa. Okay.
2: This is or the flag, so Iranian flag right? flag, right? Is it? I thought so. I'm afraid to Google I don't think out. that
0: there's Google Street View in Iran. I don't think there's Street oh, View yeah. in Iran. All right, so let's see. Oh, there's so also a lot United of English. Emirates? There's also a lot of English for Iran. I don't the, picture them doing the a
2: United lot. The United Emirates? How, how do
1: you say it? You, you, UAE?
0: Yeah, probably. Could be. Yeah, it's like oh. <laughs> Which way are we driving? Um, Let's see. So here we're driving on the, right, the right side of the road. Whoa.
1: Giveaways, traffic, light. okay.
2: What does it say on the. A lot oh, of countries no. in that part of
1: the world have the same color flag. All right.
3: I'm just Help embarrassed us out. That I don't, I'm just embarrassed that I don't know which flag it is. Which okay. I should, well, I mean.
0: But, but we're in
2: an. You
3: know, at a... the beginning of Facebook, there right it right
0: was. Oman to the right.
2: Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay.
0: Okay. Palestine. Palestine?
1: Omar, okay, so the right hand side of UAE, okay. people yeah. are saying UAE. Okay. Yeah.
0: What part of yeah. UAE right now? Um, Let's see. Let me find Oman right here. But you say UAE. Are we closer to Dubai? I'll in. I'll no, be I in. think
2: we need to be, we to be Laurent to for this, by the way. Yeah, what
0: the heck? Where is he? Where is he? Wait, so it says Algier Oman. Where's Algier Oman?
2: Isn't Oman more
0: to the left? Uh, Oman is right over here, but they're saying it's UAE on the way to Oman. Because this is maybe not in Oman yet. Okay, so everybody's saying UAE. We have one minute left. Whole bunch of shops. Anything else that can tell us where? English and Arabic. Okay. Thank you, Robin. Robin says, for those of you that are listening, Robin says English and Arabic that we're seeing on the maps tends to be UAE. Okay. But we need a city. We have 52 seconds. So north? Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty good town. So maybe I'll go up a little bit higher.
3: And you have the mountains. So it shouldn't be...
0: Okay. I like that position close to the border. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Oh no, it's Ooh. all the way up north.
3: Well, we were
2: closer than the previous one because we, actually we were yeah, 500 kilometers off.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, so for those of you that are listening, uh, 145 kilometers away, which is pretty good. All right, thank you, everybody. Okay, so, so the things that we're learning here is UAE has English and Arabic. They drive on the right hand side. I think we should do like a little recap after each one of these episodes mm-hmm. just to show what we learned, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, so let's see, um, hang on, okay, here we go, next round, and we're off, okay, this feels Europe, Europe. You, yeah, yeah. Definitely. yeah, okay, and
2: Northern feels Europe, Europe. Europe.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, uh, so, uh, it's um, blurred out, but it definitely looks it European looks Union with the blue yeah. area and then white. Okay. Oh Dutch yeah. or Belgium.
3: Yeah. And we
0: have the bike path. We have a bike path and a
1: walking path there. Oh, so is that yeah. a letter box there, that red thing?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's
2: not very common though.
1: No. Not
0: common. You go
2: move further down the
0: moving yeah, down. Yeah, but the that's, street. That... No, oh, that's not...
2: this is not a it's, Dutch, it's, Dutch
0: Holland It's not
2: it's, Dutch. Uh, No, this is not typically. Uh, it's probably Belgium. Okay. Going going or on. On. Germany, maybe? There's a sign.
0: Gonna zoom in and oh
2: no, it's just a city, <laughs> probably.
0: <laughs> All right, so you're thinking Germany? Let's see if uh, we can go down here.
2: Are there mountains?
0: I'm thinking, I mean, this is pretty flat area. It could I'm be going, it could be Belgium.
2: It could be Belgium, yeah.
0: Belgium. Yeah. Okay. I think I went down the wrong way. Sorry. All right, so let's go down- Oh wait, what's that say? Cool. No, that's oh, oh strat. Yeah. That's that- yes, it's yeah.
3: definitely be Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Raven, Boston. Yeah, so
0: that's yeah, gonna be so
1: that's um because Belgium's dualing uh, and yeah, bilingual so it isn't it? So needs
2: northern to be on the left side. side, yeah, northern on the left.
1: Oh, and just so you all know,
0: um, somebody over here removed their house from Street View. If we look up here, you see that right there. Yeah. That is Google filtering that property, which tells us that something or some uh, someone has tried to mask that
1: identity. Oh, yeah. Someone's just made a good point, actually, that Germany doesn't have Street View.
0: Oh, okay, opened. so we're definitely in Belgium.
1: Yeah, so if outs- outside of the big cities.
0: The All right, is- so we have one minute left.
2: Go further down. There's, um, Wait, there's
0: one right here. Katem and, oh, that's no, uh, like, Rostov, right? Rostov. Yeah. Ah, there
2: you go. You're Dutch, you know. Yeah, nice. I know.
3: I am. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Netherlands, Half Dutch. Belgium.
1: Belgium. So, Belgium. so where is this though? It's going to be th- the part of, the, of Belgium that's closer to the to the Netherlands. Yeah, to the
3: Netherlands.
1: Okay. They I speak would go Dutch
3: or round about the turnout.
1: Where?
2: So we're up, because Rosendal is also in the Netherlands, and it's it's more on the right side though.
0: Okay, so more over is here. He turnout, yes. Turnout, yep. Okay, here we go. I'll 26 go seconds. 77 oh, wow. kilometers.
2: Wow. Closer to Brussels. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah, it was closer to Brussels. I forget how small the countries are. You know, it's like you were 77 kilometers away, but it looks like a, a large distance there. Um yeah. nice. That was a great one. Thank you, everybody. Okay, so we learned that uh Berlin is covered. Uh, with street met with Street View, but the rest of Germany is not. We've also learned um, that in Belgium they have, in some places, the the bicycle lanes as well as the, um, uh, well, roads and stuff like that. Anything else we learned that that round?
2: The traffic signs People were that, on green, so. red poles.
0: Okay. okay, and I'll, and the I'm not orange... sure if
2: this is typically typically Belgium.
0: And whenever I see the orange shingling on people's houses, I'm thinking that's definitely Europe. All right, here's the round. Okay, I see deciduous trees. There's a sign right here, here that says... Ooh, Lange... Nose? So the question is... is Lange Nose? Yeah. Maybe
2: Switzerland?
0: I don't know. Well, let's see what we see here. We're going to go down this way. There's hey. Switzerland.
1: Look at the flag. Hey. Uh, that's uh, Denmark.
0: Denmark. Denmark? Yeah,
2: that's true, that's true. Switzerland okay. is the other
0: one. Um... Well, that could just be somebody, oh, it,
1: yeah, I oh, guess that's... It. A, that's Danish, see that um, the O with yeah. a slash through it? language. Yep. The they
0: Danish have ice cream thing.
2: though.
1: Okay, so we see an ice cream place that
0: has uh, <laughs> Danish writing. Okay, so the question is where in Denmark? Hang on, maybe this is like the church of the something. Gallery
2: <laughs> breakfast.
0: Cafe, bed and breakfast, okay. <laughs> Well, it's in English too. Hmm. Is that common?
2: I've been to Denmark once. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 speak pretty well English.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. But okay. it it was in Copenhagen, so it was the capital city.
1: All right.
0: So here we're going through these roads, and anything, any thoughts from our audience? Uh, we're picking up Denmark, but we're not sure where in Denmark.
3: Well, it's not like it's clearly outside a city area and Denmark mm. has quite yeah. a a big yeah, like population. Well, it's quite small country for the population. So, it shouldn't be very close to this, to Copenhagen, I would say. It's no, quite
1: okay. a flat country too, at Denmark, I think.
0: So, let's go up here to Denmark. All right. So, we're thinking over here on the le- western side,
2: maybe? Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. Or right here in the middle?
2: Or maybe on the, yeah, one of the items.
0: All right, so, Zevin, you're going to have to, oh, there we go. Okay, so. Still ish Left of our house. Yes, I got it. I got it. Left. I understand <laughs> west. <laughs> telling me left. Okay, so anything else here that tells us, we see uh, agriculture. Yep. All right. Let's just give this a try. See what we got. Hundred seventy. Yeah. Oh, it's no not. Way. It was back over uh, south of Copenhagen, but still in Denmark. Well done on the country. That's pretty good score, actually. Then. Yeah, it is. It is one hundred seventy nine kilometers. All of our scores this round or this uh, challenge have been pretty good.
3: At we Zeme, are. We no. were also lucky because we got at least the last ones always with a flag. You can't get yeah. much better yeah, the than that.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. All right, here we go. Next round. We are. This is the last round two. All right, and this, (laughs) so uh, Stephen, myself and Sector yesterday uh, played around and uh, we were like, let's go to Australia. And Australia was just terrible. It was just these long wide open spaces like this. Okay, it could be be I would say
3: it's not like in the south, in a Southern, like because of the- This is
0: not United States because we're talking about meters here on this sign.
3: And, and it has that's... like uh, reindeer, so oh, it's yeah, probably like, like higher than France England? or higher.
0: What is yeah. this? What is this type of feature? Is mm-hmm.
3: it a, like yeah, a, a
1: railway, railroad crossing? Right?
3: Yeah, England but wouldn't have it's... meters. I say.
1: Uh, I would say. That's yeah, that's true. definitely not the UK.
3: Point taken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe only
2: said it because the weather didn't look that good. <laughs> 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 it's,
0: <laughs>
1: gotta, it's gotta be.
0: <laughs> it's
2: like a grey I mean, sky, so oh, it must be England. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: boy, oh boy. Sorry. It could be like north sorry, northern France or... No, no you're but you're not wrong. It's like
0: <laughs> all right. So anything uh a bollard. Zevin, tell me more about that. There's a. a these are bollards, oh, yeah. Oh, there's, oh, a sign. A sign. there's a sign.
1: Oh sign. Is, ah, sorry, I went too far. Is this gonna be Denmark again?
0: No, it can't be. It would be impossible. Let's see. We've got oh
3: no, what? This,
0: uh, yes. So it has an umla- is, umla- yeah. is that Yeah, that, but it's not.
3: Could it be Poland?
0: Germany? Okay, so we're seeing a sign. It says S A L O. Go
3: further down the
2: road. There's another sign.
0: Okay, Solanta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Meckirk, but with is that a
3: border a, over there, or is that like a know, factory?
0: Oh, I can't go uh, over there. Uh,
2: how do you say the highway? Uh, interchange. Yeah. No, you have it's to pay hum- yeah. Hungary.
1: A whole booth.
3: I think it's a. It's a border. It looked like because you, right. you can't go there.
0: Nope, okay, I can't. Zoom, I can zoom in. There we go. Mechurik. Anybody? Yeah. Hungary, yeah. Adam? Croatia?
2: Yeah, it could be. I hungry. would go for it. Yeah. Go for Hungary.
0: Hungary?
1: Okay. Hungry, yeah.
0: But does Mechurik mean, um, th- does it mean like border or does it mean like the city? Is that a city? I have no idea.
2: No
1: clue. No. Help we'll us That um wasn't that there's somewhere in the top right of Hungary beginning with N. Was that not what was on the sign before that? Yeah, I I might be wrong without checking, but yeah, it could be. I have no idea.
0: Go
2: for it. We have 20 seconds left.
1: Okay, there we go.
2: That
0: was really good, people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. It was the border of Hungary and Romania. Right there. Oh, and there's the city right there. You see. Wow. Nice. So uh, Adam said hungry. Nice. Well done, Adam. And uh, very good. Let's take a look at how we did 21,000 points. So there's a maximum value of 25,000 points here. And uh, 21 is definitely good. So well done, people. Well done. Oh, that was really cool. Um, For those of you that are just joining us, uh, we are the Ocean Curious Project. On the screen right at the bottom is our URL to our site, our username or handle that we go by. We have a link to the Searchlight Discord and we have a link to our Patreon Patreon page if you want to sponsor us. We are here with, um, let's see, Stephen, Technozet, Dinesh. And one of the things that we are going to do is, well, we just did our warm up. And thank you for helping us out with that uh but now uh, let's maybe trans- transition to uh discussion since we do have some some very diverse backgrounds here um some some of the people that we've uh talked with in the past have asked us to talk about a couple of things one collaboration with peers. So instead of doing open source intelligence gathering and, and, and analysis and all that by yourself, how do you do it and what are some of the challenges when you have peers involved or teams and groups? And then uh, the second thing that we wanted to talk about also was longer term investigations. So instead of hey, I found this person, I'm good talking about those long-term assessments that we've conducted and what happens on them? So how about if we start out with collaboration and we talk about some of the challenges that we have and some of the benefits of collaborating with others in our work. Anybody want to start? Cause I know that we've got some law enforcement. We've got, um, actually all of you are, are law enforcement. Wow. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts? I would imagine that each of you has done open source intelligence in a team format. Yes?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of the and I don't know how this matches up with everyone else's experiences, but I think one of the difficulties is around decision making, because obviously in an OSINT investigation, you're constantly working through that intelligence cycle and making decisions. Um, but often when more people are involved, there's a lot more data, but then the decision making about what you do next and what's a priority becomes more a little bit more complex. Um so sometimes the There are even disadvantages to working in groups, but then sometimes, um, scale is necessary. Okay. So we heard scale, uh, priorities. So
0: I would imagine that when you
2: communication,
0: okay. Tell me more about communication, like who's doing what or what you found or what,
2: especially what you found and where you have been looking. So to prevent that, I will be diving into a person again because somebody else already did all of the work. Um, if you document it well, and there are a couple of ways a couple of ways to do so, I guess. If you just document it well, then whenever I need to pick up the investigation, I can just see what somebody else has done already. And I know I don't do not need to dive into a specific person, company, location, whatever. Okay.
3: Um, for me, I would say besides of what what Stephen and, and, and Technisat have said. Working in a team, for me, the, the biggest challenge was to kind of try to do the balance between the great advantages of having like multi qualities, like people from different backgrounds with different views and all the richness you can get from that, from different opinions, different ways of seeing things. But also you need to be aware that once you're having different people doing different tasks, tasks in an investigation that it's very easy to lose like the the to have that centralized perspective on an investigation. And I remember very clearly one case where we were we had this 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 target and there was one person like doing all you know like is all his social media stuff and everything. And there was another person doing like more intel kind of kind of stuff. And they didn't communicate that well for some reason, or it. They you can't actually also also like say every step that you took, but I remember that one of them was going back, like passing through the other guy of the social media computer, and he was like, "Oh my god, that's his cousin!" And he was like, "What are you are you joking?" He's like, "Yeah, no, I just saw," and we were lucky because that could have very easily gone biased just because you had two people that. And so I would say that it's when once you're working on a, on a team, it's really important that you keep on communicating. You try to be very brief on on when you're saying stuff because you can't have like constant meetings. But you need to be very sharp to like not let things go by. So it's 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 a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to get both things uh, connected.
0: So I, what I'm hearing is that. Bringing other people's views and expertise and and uh, experience into the mix uh, can help uh, break open cases, Um, especially when you're working on a on a team. You have that extra other person to to kind of uh, sanity check what you've done. Uh, So I guess one of the questions is, how do you balance out what tech was saying with what you were saying? You know, you want to make sure you don't duplicate effort, but you do want to make sure you get multiple eyes on uh, on the significant pieces of data so that you can have those aha moments. So, I mean, within your organizations i'm not asking you to to go ahead and give us exact processes or anything but but did you have processes where you had kind of that that collect okay we're, we're going to do our gathering let's present it to the team let's get the feedback and then do, and generate new uh, collection goals or no
1: yeah definitely yeah it, it, it again it depends on the organization and, and how it's set up but having a because you have a rank structure. I, it might not be like formal ranks like you get in the military or the police, but these you have to have one person who's accountable for everything that's going on ultimately in the investigation. So yeah, you have all those aha moments and you do your analysis and you report it back in a, and brief everybody. But what happens next will usually be the decision of one person who will then retask you because ultimately someone has to be accountable for the investigation. Um, okay. So yeah you need that
0: leader you need that somebody to to absolutely yeah here's here's the direction here's what we have here's what we need here's how much time we have left yeah okay and and help determine those priorities have you all ever worked on a team where there it's there hasn't been a leader and did it go well or did it not go well or most of the time it was there's a Uh,
1: in my in my limited experience of doing things without leaders they tend to the good for short-term quick hit stuff so like crowdsourced docent projects are really good but as they get more complex you need to have someone who's calling the shots and de- <laughs> democracy doesn't always work very well in that situation uh, <laughs> so yeah so yeah sometimes when if it's too much of a level playing field um and everyone's you need someone to step up and say actually we're doing this and and set the direction for where you go next
0: one of the things I really dislike in, in working in a team is duplication of effort. Uh, and you mentioned it, Techno, that It's it's that, hey, everybody, I just spent three hours going through all the Facebook. Yeah, I did that like this morning oh, I didn't read your notes. Um, sorry. And you have three hours that are wasted on the case. And uh, I would imagine that over the course of a longer term investigation, there may be more times when you have that type of thing happening as well. Uh, do you ha- have you noticed that with longer term investigations, either when you're working as a team, you do have duplication of effort sometimes, or um, maybe you all have your strengths And so Technizette, you are amazing on Facebook. So you, you've got the Facebook covered and everybody else does outside. Do you have like a swim lane that you stay in or how does it work?
3: I I would say that it's very important that you have certain work processes, even though you have to be flexible that you sometimes need to get a little bit out of the box and search for it in different places. But if you have, like, a work process that's more or less, like, a guideline to what are the steps that you should take in a certain investigation, like... Uh, from a starting point from a selector, like a phone or a person or like an organization, an address. And if you have that, it's easier to get things organized. And if you have like a shared checklist, everyone can more or less check what they've done and their conclusions, like short conclusions. So you don't have that. Um, Another thing that I I face that in in our genealogy research, we actually face that, which is we get researchers doing like the same a family tree, like three and four times. And we got to this conclusion that this was a problem because we were repeating each other's works. So now what we have is we just write as a selector, as a starting point, like the person where the family tree starts in our Slack channel. And we go, like, okay, I've done this tree of this person. So before me starting a tree, I will just go to the Slack channel and check for that name. And if it's not there, I know that nobody's done that research. So this was like our own method. But I, I would say that every Every selector could have a different way, but it's important to keep certain selectors in writing, like I've done this for this uh, Facebook ID, or I've done this for this so that it it's that it's somewhere in the system and you know for which how do you have for which keyword you need to know to, to search for it.
0: And for those of you listening in, that's probably a private slack that Inesh is in. It's not a public genealogy slack. Would that be correct? Yeah, that would be correct. okay. Because we'll get we'll get questions. What Slack? What Slack is that? Well, that she's on. She's like, all right, this is her work Slack. So, um, uh, TechNizette, Stephen. I mean, what about collaboration? Uh, let's see. So, Sprocket here or Sprocket? I'm gonna say it's Sprocket. Uh, it says that you know, in their managed security service provider, they tend to split areas of focus, but you have to closely update people. So. Updating people makes me think of a central location for your your data. When you work as a as a team, are you collecting the data locally and then eventually and updating some master document or you have a case management system? Or maybe not you, but other people in the field. I mean, it can be
2: anywhere. we do have a case management system, and what we mainly do is that if we work together on a case, we put all of the important headlines in there and then together with the people you are a team with who do the OSINT research, you communicate closely on what you've done. Okay. That's Steven. probably all I could say about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: yeah. right. It's good enough, it's good enough.
1: Yeah it, it, yeah, it depends on, I guess, the size and the scope of what you're trying to achieve. And it, in my background obviously i did a lot of osint stuff but in big investigations osint would usually just be like one stream within the the wider investigation um and you know say like i don't know, in a in a murder inquiry for example you would want to do osint on the people involved But a murder inquiry could generate thousands and thousands of documents and like tens of thousands of actions will come out of the team leaders. I want this, I want this, I want this over a long period of time. And so you have to have a case management system to do with anything like that, otherwise it gets messy. But smaller scale investigations, you know, talking nothing more complex than putting it in a dropbox or equivalent and sharing it with people need not need be more no more complicated than that. Okay. So
0: uh, I'll share. So I don't have law enforcement experience. I have corporate uh, OSINT experience and also have some, uh, actually, I know that some of you have done like uh, CTFs where you might've been working as a team. Um, So in those less formal places, Google Docs, I've had, uh, so in my uh, my SANS class that I teach, uh, we have a CTF and the teams that I've seen are the most successful um, in the, the end of the course CTF are the ones that collaborate during the process by putting things and organizing things in a single document, whether it's a case management system or whether it's something like Google Sheets. If your open source intelligence data is okay to be in Google Sheets or a OneNote, but everybody putting in stuff into a single document instead of Creating your own stuff and then somebody having to deconflict and combine everything later on. Um, same th- thing for you when you're doing the CTFs, or the non-work related things, or
1: not. I still think Google Docs is pretty good, or you know whatever equivalent. But the having central documents where you can record like what you've done, what still needs to be done what your next steps are that everyone can edit and update is um, is awesome. And it scales reasonably well, actually, until you get super complicated.
0: Okay. So what about those longer-term assessments? What about when you have uh, a case that, that lasts for months and we and and even longer? Um, are there special things that you have to watch out for, or special things you do, like with communication or with collaboration or with collection goals that are different from the shorter-term terms invest- shorter term investigations? Technizep?
2: Well, not per se on when I'm doing a long-term research. Most of the time, those are the cases I'm not working together with other OSINT researchers. Okay. So I will be the sole provider for the case. I'd love to use Hunchly... Uh, Hunchly is a tool which helps you record all of the steps you take when doing an OSIN investigation and highlight certain things I'm looking for. Because over the course of months, I get a lot of names, I get a lot of locations, companies, whatever kind of uh, information I need to go search on. And I work on multiple cases at once. So when there's one that has a long term, like after a month, Maybe somebody asked me a question again and I need to like dig into my memory. Oh, what was this case about and who are the most important people? And by highlighting that in Hunchly, I have the opportunity to whenever I'm searching and a name, let's say I'm, I'm asked to investigate the name of a person. And when I'm investigating that person's name, a name of somebody who I've looked at maybe two months ago suddenly pops up. But maybe it doesn't. I don't see it, or it doesn't get enough attention for me. Uh, but it, because it's highlighted by Hunchly, I immediately see, "Hey, I've looked at this before. This is of importance. I have to dig further into this specific link." So okay. that helps me a lot.
3: Okay. I think I think Technisad spoke about something that we don't. Appreciate or value enough on in organizations, and and I've seen it make make the complete difference in yeah in success of of certain projects with his like people's memories. You can hmm. you can have the best database, and you can have, but there's nothing like your mind. And this brings up also something that's really important in in Ozyn, which. I haven't met anyone in Ozen that doesn't love what they're doing, right? And yeah. usually when people leave a company or they leave something, it's it's for it can be for several reasons. But it should never be because, like, things didn't go as, or at least we hope it's not because things didn't go as they planned or something. And I think sometimes organizations, they will say, like, oh, yeah, we just lost an expert, you know. I mean, there's probably 10 people that are have his CV or – And they forget about that person's value in terms of memory. And especially in these uh, long-term research projects, this is so important because there will come this person from 10 years ago and they will look at your report and say like, you know, that guy eight years ago in Italy, he was arrested for blah, blah, blah. And you'll go like, what? Okay. But that wasn't in the database. And he will go like, yeah, you know, maybe we didn't write it. Or especially because... Many organizations have just started, like collecting more data. So, like 20 years ago, they, 15 years ago, they didn't have it. And I think it's also something that we should bring to the table more often, which is the person's value in terms of their like knowledge, their acquired knowledge of how much they already know about like certain networks or certain uh, types of crime. If you're doing criminal investigation or whatever you're doing, so. Yeah, I would say that's also, like, super important, especially in long-term investigations.
0: Well, and that also is important because... In general, we tag, we put in the selectors in Hunchly or we put in our notes what we feel is important, those objective facts and other things that we're seeing and, and images that we're collecting, what we feel is important to the case. However, we're, we're seeing people that may be important, just we don't have that additional information. So when I look at something, I go, oh, I know that guy, he's this, but he's not associated with this case necessarily. Um, if I'm not documenting it, it didn't happen um adam savage from the mythbusters has that wonderful quote "the the difference between just screwing around and science is writing things down and and truly i mean if you don't document it didn't happen um and other people can't learn from that um all right other thoughts on this uh collaboration
1: challenges or or uh, or benefits steven uh, I was just going to follow on from what you were saying about uh, note-taking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, If it, it's probably one of the least glamorous parts of a docent in investigation, because it's boring. Like We just want to dive into the website. No, no, no. We have a
0: lot of listeners
1: <laughs> that love documenting. <laughs> but if you – and this ties into long-term stuff even more than short-term, because you might have to explain what you did like two, three, four years after you did it like sometimes. And if you didn't take good contemporaneous notes and you haven't got good screenshots, or you have, you know, can you look at your notes? Can you look at something you did three or four years ago and say, oh yeah, that was my chain of thought. Uh, that of course, you. so actually spending the time taking the notes saves you lots of grief. I mean, to give you an example, there's, I mean, I've, I've left law enforcement now. I left this six months ago, but I started a case in two, pretty much two years ago this month which is still going on when I left uh, six months ago, is still going on now. I will probably not see a courtroom for another year to two years. So someone at the end of that is going to have to go through all the notes from that time and say what they did and why they did it and what their th- thought process was and why they made this decision and not that decision. But if, the note, if the if you didn't take good notes at the time, then uh, you're going to have a bad time. So yeah, it's it's kind of a, an underrated skill, I think, good note-taking for hosting people.
0: Well, and for you, that might be an extra challenging since you've now left law enforcement, you don't have access to your personal notes anymore. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) yeah, Wow. Inesh, were you going to say something?
3: Yeah, I I was thinking that I understand the value, but uh, there's still a lot of things that you can't put into writing. And for example, faces is one of them. It's getting better with with face recognition but it, it's still like your capability of looking at a face and saying okay i've seen this before i'm sure i've seen this face before and you're looking at this facebook photo of a group and you know you've seen that face before and the same happens with places like like a uh, uh, the, the inside of a house like I, I remember a case where we had this this, this inside of a living room. And I was like, I've seen that living room before. I'm pretty sure I've seen it before. And it, you, you can't put that into, into notes, you know, as much as you you should. And of course that's like basic, but I think there's a lot of especially visual cues and, and like, yeah, I can't actually explain it, but it's something that still stays with us humans and, and that it's, and it's really important. So when we're talking about collaboration and having like, passing on work to the next person and all of that that we need to do, it's still important to remember that there are things through an investigation that will stay with that person. And and that when we are picking it up again, it's always like a good process to go through everything you found if that person's still in the organization or you can still show it to them. Like, what do you think? What is this, does this ring a bell? Because sometimes those small things will will make a difference.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. There's no way you can accurately document all of the things, even if you save all of the images. And, um, you know, machine learning, uh, we've had questions from listeners in the past. Well, what about AI? What about ML? Um, yeah, artificial intelligence and machine learning, it, they are great tools for doing certain things, but right now they're not the best at finding all of the things uh, that we can store in our memories, and um, you know, having that memory trigger of that face—I've seen it somewhere—and being able to look through, like Technizet was saying, if you've recorded all the things, you can look back through all of your images that you've done and and things. And so, uh, I I kind of love that 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 idea that you said, Anish, because it touches on Technizet stuff, it touches on Steven's stuff, where you got to document stuff while you're going through it because. Um, you never know what's important in the end, right? I've had cases where I'm looking for a person or I'm doing some research. And in the the third month of an investigation, I see that face or hear a name or see a name. And I'm like, wait a second. And then I type it into my case management tool or my OneNote or my One doc on Google Doc. And it comes up that that three weeks ago, that was the brother-in-law of the friend of the neighbor or something like that. I'm like, oh and it changes the scope of the and the course of the investigation so having those notes is really important to document which which, which is interesting because you know a lot of our listeners they they do the the CTFs. Uh, Stephen, you and I did uh, the try hack me CTF earlier in the week, and we I mentioned the cool thing about doing a CTF is I don't have to document all the things. I don't have to take a picture of this screen and go, okay, this is this date and this time I saw this, getting those URLs. So, I mean, that's another thing that I see as, as a, a challenge is that people are jumping into open source intelligence without having that firm base in. I have to document all the things. It, so that I'm when I need to go back, it's there. Um, do you have the same feelings? I know that uh, some of the things that, that people are mentioning in our chat are are similar types of issues. Any anything yeah. about that,
1: Steve? Yeah. <laughs> It's weird because we obviously, we want to always improve the way we do open, but at the same time, you don't want to put barriers there for people who are joining in and burden them with like the regulatory aspects of it. Um, but one thing I like about Trace Labs actually is when you, when you're submitting a finding on Trace Labs, obviously you have to have your screenshot, you have to have your URL and you have, you have to put a few lines to say why this is relevant to the missing person that you're trying to find. So I think, as a kind of soft introduction to documentation. I think that's that's really, really good. Um, but then some, you're right, sometimes it is when you're doing a CTF, you just dive in, get your hands dirty, and don't worry about having to explain it to someone. In six weeks' time, you just sort of do it. Well, but <laughs> some
0: of the fun—I mean, yeah. and you said this. This is like the passion of OSINT is you're on the case, you're pulling that investigative thread, and you're and you're going from this to that and the other. And and I mean, I've I've done it myself sometimes. You know, you get caught up in it.
3: And it um, also this person's did.
0: Instagram commented on that person's thing, and then from there, I looked at their friends, and from their friends, I had now have this, and there's my target. And then somebody says, "Well, how did you get there again?" I'm like. Uh,
2: that's why i always open every new thing i click on in a new tab
0: because really? and, i can
2: figure my way out like i can can go back by looking at all of the tabs i clicked
0: <laughs> uh, and, and they're in chronological order then too yes. right okay so that plus uh plus hunchly sometimes okay
3: another another important thing that that you were saying and it's also very relevant is when do you notice like notify people like that are working with you or whatever about your discoveries because in the beginning of my career and I made this mistake so many times i would be so excited about something like you know oh my god i just and i would immediately go ah i found it and it did, and then you you realize because then only then you start looking properly and checking everything and then like i don't know every five times one of them i would have made a mistake or something would be off and i was like oh my god okay i just said it and now it's not him and now it's gone and this is also a very something that you learn with time which is okay cool down first check how I got here let's just check everything's correct and then when I have something really solid I will write a report and I will send it over because sometimes you're with this rush and people are pressuring you from above we need answers and then it's, it's something that can be serious because it's a person's life and everything. So, so that's another thing that, that it's also was also a lesson for me. So yeah, I had the
2: same, exactly the same lesson. And what helps me as well is asking a colleague, hey, please look with me. This is what I've done. Uh-huh. This is my conclusion. Do you think I'm right or wrong? Or do you think I missed anything? And what I really like with the people I closely work with is that they are not afraid to ask me, like, have you tried this? Have you not forgot about doing a mutual friends check on Facebook? Have you investigated their social circle on Twitter? Just asking me all of these questions to make sure that even the simplest thing I didn't oversee. So, yeah, that really helps me too.
0: I think that that that's a very important piece of the overall pie and why I love working with you three and the Ocean Curious project is that even though I recognize each one of you as an expert in the ocean field and in other disciplines as well you, you you take your egos and you put them aside when you do your open source intelligence when you do your work and you're open to criticize and criticism and feedback and questioning and 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 you're constantly questioning yourselves and is there a better way to do this is i mean we have uh, our own uh OSINT curious slack and i i keep seeing us sharing resources and learning from each other because this is an ongoing pro- process uh, nobody can know all the things now Uh, somebody, uh, actually has posted here. Let's see. Um, let's, let's toss this up. Uh, Robin mentions in relation to the documentation aspect, what are your opinions on transparency? So how important is it for you guys to document stuff for the sake of transparency? So have you thought about that? Like, is somebody else going to be reading what you're doing and kind of, uh,
2: yes. Well, okay. for in law enforcement, we need to be very precise about what we've done. So if I write a report about what I've done, it must be written in a way that if a lawyer would be handed over our criminal investigation, and he would go read through it. He would be able to trace down all of my steps. So he would know what kind of Google searches I've um, Googled. Uh, search terms I've used exactly Mm -hmm. like with all of the commas, with all of the Boolean uh, operators and everything in there. Exactly explain the time, the date I've done my research, which links I clicked on, uh, what came to my attention, what was most important, screenshots and everything. So for me, my reports need to need to be so complete that somebody else would be able to redo my investigation. And wow. of course there would be um, the whole, uh, how do you say that the the Google filter bubble. So maybe the lawyer who would react my whole investigation would get different results than I would have get, gotten. Yeah. But the point is that he knew exactly what I was doing at that time. That's really important for me in law enforcement.
0: Okay. Um- so uh, one of the other questions that came up, and this is for Anesh, or talks about Anesh, is, you know, what are some other things that beginners or entry-level analysts might do uh, that that others uh, don't do? I can think of right off the bat, there are those logical fallacies and bias that that, that people just haven't learned sometimes. And I remember working with uh, with junior open source intelligence analysts and even cybersecurity analysts too. This is not anything that's specific to the OSINT field, and uh, we had we had cases where they're like, "Oh, I found this picture with these with this, or this person's uh, email address is in that data breach. They are that means that they have to have an account there, and that means this, and or this person's cheating on their spouse, or." Whatever, and just kind of making those logical, um, those uh, illogical jumps in their analyses. Are there other things that you all have noticed that that junior analysts do that maybe we should caution them to slow down and validate, verify, do other things, Steven?
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you you kind of touched on it there, but it's that uh, that two and two makes five kind of thing. Like, <sighs> oh, I I found this bit, I found it. So this means, and when you you rush to provide conclusions that your evidence doesn't support yet. Cause in real life, we do that all the time. Like, cause you have to, like, that's just how he- the human brain works. But when in investigations, sometimes you can make connections or draw conclusions that aren't there yet. That, that's a common mistake that you have to just learn by experience, I guess. Um, and sometimes some painful experience, but yeah.
0: Okay. So there's, so, um, trying to avoid logical fallacies and all you can, There are actually training courses and there's some great resources out there. Like um, the uh, first draft news and some other places have uh, data validation and verification handbooks for journalists that are very useful for helping us to understand how they look at, at, at information and data and how they record it. So I think you can train them, but right out of the gate. Yeah. A lot of people just do those. Well, this is how I interpret the world. Tekna you were gonna say something too, right?
2: Yes, (laughs) I was trying to, uh, my unmute button, I was in a different tab, sorry. I was looking Ah. up an investigative uh, handbook for you to put into the chat, but um, yeah, jumping to the conclusions, what again, for law enforcement is really important that we do not say, hey, We know this is like, for example, if you find a Twitter account, which has the same name of your target, but it doesn't have the picture. Most of the things seem to like they are the same. Maybe they live in the same town or they like the same soccer club, for example. But you you cannot say this is his Twitter account until we have more evidence because if there would be a photo in there and we see that the photo matches their passport photo, for example, then there is a more certainty to it. Although there's still the opportunity that somebody created their profile for them, um, maybe to falsely, uh, how do you say this, impersonate somebody. Okay. Uh, so we always have to state, well, this Twitter account had the same name as our target. I cannot say this is the Twitter account of my target unless I have more information to validate it with. For example, connected phone number or email address, which can only be gathered for, via a subpoena when it comes to me. So jumping to conclusions and actually writing them out, I think can be quite dangerous. So you always have to take into caution, do I really know 100% sure that this is indeed correct what I'm stating? is if there is any percentage of chance that there might be somebody else involved or it might be somebody else's account, for example, just be sure to always write, well, I see this account. It has the same name as my target. I see it also likes the same soccer club, period. Do not say, well, I think this could be his account or something yeah. if you're not well- completely 100% sure
0: putting those impressions those those I, the, your interpretations into your notes can be very challenging if you are t- if you have uh, something that might go to court or something like that and and sticking to the facts are very I like very
2: Edmund's, uh, comment by the way the abc assume nothing believe nothing check everything
0: okay assume nothing so wouldn't that be A-N-B-N-C-E? but that doesn't that, i i think wow. abc works better but. yeah yeah i mean really and and the always be always be checking is what i say um for abc is because everything that we find nowadays even more if you're relying on social media or you're relying on whatever source out there you need to strive to validate and verify everything mm-hmm. cuz even those trusted sources can have bad information or disinformation in them um we've talked about that on the show several times uh, you you have to you have to check everything Inesh, were you going to say something
3: yeah so so i was thinking about like transparency and common mistakes with with transparency i feel that especially with our research at university where i work with, with where we do a lot of political like dis- political disinformation work and that's usually targeted by like people that don't agree to the conclusions that we get to. So then we have to be uh, as transparent as possible. So we just put everything, like all the screenshots, all the data, just there in a file so that there is no way that people still say it, but, at least we know that it's there for anyone to validate and check. When you're working with, um, yeah, classified data, as I did before, and especially because we didn't have any criminal power, so it was just you know for for advisory and to to support decisions, then I think it's it's a different reality. But one thing that I would point out is I would say that very often the problem is not with OSINT analysts themselves who will write just a technoset set say. This Twitter account has the same name as a, -A -A, And uh, they also like the same football club and they are from the same town. So there is a high probability that it will be the same person because it's a very uncommon name. And this is usually what an analyst will write. But then sometimes or usually this bias doesn't exist just in the analyst. That will probably be aware of it and cautious about it. But the problem is that document will go then up and up the chain. And sometimes it gets to a person that will just read, this is a Twitter account of the person. And sometimes bad decisions are made, not because of what's in the initial report or in the initial assessment, but because people who are making decisions usually are not that very often confronted by people who don't agree with them because Mm -hmm. they're in a higher position, will have a higher bias, and will probably just read exactly what they want to read. So, if okay. there's anyone out there that has, that has like that's in the top hierarchical position in their company or organization, never forget to get people around you who contradict you, and will tell you what they think because you will lose that. You know, it's if I was in that position, I would probably lose it myself. But then you lose that, you know, awareness of that bias because nobody else around you will tell you that you have it.
0: Yeah, uh, putting your ego on a shelf is, or or just taking that and being open to criticism. Let's just and let's just put it in a more positive fashion uh, is extremely important for us to make sure that we have the best products for our customers. Um, you know, whether it's somebody that's that's new, I've I've learned to accept feedback from everybody and anybody because it's that new person on the team that that just got into OSINT, that just trying out this new tool, um, that may have that bit of data or that lead or that connection that we need. And if you maximize all of your resources by listening to everybody and treating their data as something that's useful, um, your investigations will go so much better. And you become a a better person as well. Um, I know it's a little lofty, but um, so I just want to say a couple of things. Gang, we can continue this conversation until we're we're done. There's nothing that says we have to stop in an hour. But for those of you that are just joining us or have been with us for a while, we are the Ocean Curious Project, and we are talking about open source intelligence techniques, tools, processes, and other things that impact the field. We have a great group of listeners on board as well. And uh, in the chat on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, I've uh, placed in there some of the some of the um, resources that Technozet has pulled up. Thank you, Technozet, for for bringing those into our conversation. Stephen, you've been pretty quiet over there. <laughs>
1: Have I was, I, was, I, was, I, was so, I was so caught up in listening to uh, what Ederson and Tech Set were saying. And, uh, uh-huh. I said, it's educational, I should participate sometime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. And, and another thing you mentioned um, that feeds into what we were discussing earlier about collaboration and bias is one of the downsides I sometimes found about working in groups and especially sometimes with newer people is we want – we put emphasis on intelligence because it's our intelligence so like i found this therefore it's this is the what we should focus on because it's the most important and yeah that is it's kind of a form of bias that only comes in during group work i think it's, it's unique to that but this is important because i found it and i want to overemphasize it um that's mm-hmm. that's can be a challenge sometimes too what I find is more the opposite. Um, when, when working in a group,
0: especially this was this was before I did OSINT, and, I, and this was more in the cyber realm, somebody would find a big break in a case or a cybersecurity assessment we're doing, and they would go ahead and say, hey, I found this. And what would happen is that the other members of the team would would stop working on what they were doing, which was equally as important as everybody else. And they would go, oh, something shiny over there. And now they're working on what this person did because they want some of that, that excitement, that glory or whatever. That... Yeah, I think it is the excitement part, you know, because much of what we're doing is we're running queries, we're looking at the results, we're documenting, we're running queries, we're looking at results, we're documenting. It's not flashing until you get that aha moment. And when you do, sharing that with your team could be great. And it can also be distracting to them because they're like, well, that seems like it's producing more work. Let me go ahead over here and do that. Have you all experienced that too? Or is it just (laughs) the teams that I
1: work on? Yeah, sometimes yeah, it is yeah, it's that something that's new and shiny and sensational, and is and is often the right way to go, and it's often the right answer. Um, but then sometimes that can flip on its head, and because it's so new and exciting, you can become fixated on one thing and ignore the other things uh, sometimes. But yeah, it, it it depends on what you're researching, I guess. Okay, I
3: was I was also thinking about how there's the group bias as well, and. Mm. And that's also a very yeah. It it happens. lot used to explain often. more about that. What do yeah. You mean so by so group in, bias? in in I remember in my team it happening in in one case um, there that we had this person where everyone was quite convinced that he was dangerous and I interviewed him for like a, we did this this op where I was like a HR and I and I just got this gut feeling that he wasn't dangerous you know that he wasn't like. He was just confused hmm. but everyone was so convinced and I was just it was I was young and I was in a briefing and I was just yeah yeah he is he is and eventually it got we got to the point that we found out that he wasn't and I just felt like okay my fault but it's very difficult when when you're in a room especially if you're like new to the to the to the group or new to the job or you're not that that if everyone says that something should be or should go in this direction if you don't have like a clear scientific evidence and if it's a more subjective issue it's very difficult to to uh, trust that instinct and, and say, okay, I got the different feeling or the different vibe. And I mean, of course, you don't want to create problems all the time, but it's very important that if you do have it, that you express it, even if it's to your supervisor or something. It's like, okay, probably maybe I'm wrong because everyone feels the other way around, but I have to tell everyone that I felt the other way around because this happens a lot because maybe three or more people in this group had the same feeling, but because two or three really strong members started saying, yeah, this is the way, then it just creates like a cycle where everyone just, yeah. yeah. So this well, is something and, we should do.
0: And I th- I know this is a hard thing for me to say, or an easy thing for me to say, and hard to, to actually be in practice, but um, I always strive to put myself on a team where people will listen to everybody else on the team, whether it's the new person, like you said, Anish, that has that gut feeling of I don't think we're on the right case, right track with this, um, or whether it's it's other people and allowing all of the different team members to have their own say um, before we go ahead and choose a course of action. Whether, like I said, it's that that grizzled old older person with all the experience or the expert in the social media uh, uh, platform, or whether it's just that new person. Um, everybody's opinions and everybody's thoughts and experiences come into play to make our teams better, provided that you then find the factual evidence to support whatever you're looking. For. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are at we are probably at a good time for us to go ahead and and say good night to our European counterpart and counterpart. Uh, teammates, whatever. Um, maybe it's time for me to go to sleep, too. I don't know, maybe afternoon nap over here in America. Technazette, thank you for being here. Anesh, thank you. Steven, thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with everybody. Anything you want to say, Anesh?
3: No, thank you very much. And it was really nice chat. And uh, yeah, it's dinner time here. So that's that's what we'll do next.
0: All right. So everybody to the National House for dinner, TechnoZet, <laughs> anything else?
2: No, uh, no. Okay. Can't think of anything. Love to chat again today.
1: Yeah, it was good talking with you. Thanks for being here. And Stephen? It's been a pleasure once again. I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to next time already. Sounds good. So our next live stream is in two weeks. And our
0: next full week of streaming at 1300 UTC will be in March 15th through the 19th. Put it on your calendars or watch us on our website, osincurio.us or any one of our wonderful curious accounts. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And thank you to our wonderful audience for being here. We are curious, and I want everybody to stay Osincurious. What about you all? Stay us in curious. Do you agree?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Take care,
0: everybody. Bye.
2: Bye.